Hey, you guys, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. Today is episode number 817. This is Wednesday, September 11th. This is the day we study MomStrong International. We're talking about the topic of being an ambassador for Christ in the culture today. And also, we're going to take a little bit of time to remember and reflect on 9-11. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. For tuning in today, everybody. This is my favorite day of the week here at the podcast. We talk about the study that's happening at MomStrong International. If you haven't joined us over there yet, this is a great time to do. We're on week two of our study on what it means to be an ambassador. I love that we're talking about this because there has never been a more important time for God's people to be who God says that we are, and that is to be ambassadors. The Bible says that God is literally making his appeal through us when he says, come back to me. And so it begs the question, are we being ambassadors for the Lord Jesus? What does it look like to be an ambassador? Well, the Bible teaches us, first of all, that we have been set apart. We are a set apart people. Second Corinthians chapter six, verses 14 to 17. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Before we go any further in the study today, let's come before the Father in prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you have given us your word as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Lord, I thank you for faithful men and women who teach your word and live it. Lord, I pray as we talk a little bit about what it means to be an ambassador, Father, that you would give us all the courage to live by our convictions, the courage to be who you say that we are. Father, I pray that we would be a set-apart people, I pray that we'd be set apart in the privacy of our own hearts where no one else is watching. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to be the woman that you want me to be. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to study your word, that we could be workmen who do not need to be ashamed, who can rightly handle your word and apply it in grace and love. We love you, Father. We invite you into what we're doing here today. And Lord, I would pray especially just a prayer for those who have been deeply affected by 9-11, those who are still mourning the loss of loved ones that still feel the sense of loss. Lord, I pray for our nation. We're more divided now than we ever were. We need your help. Help us, Lord, to be the people that you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm going to look really quickly to, uh, to the study at MomStrong International. So if you haven't checked it out yet, this is a great time to do it. You can join me, momstronginternational.com. And the study is about $8 a month. It is beautifully illustrated. You guys are going to love it. I got a letter from a mother the other day who said that it was her first time seeing the uh, the Bible study. I recently got a letter, in fact, just a couple of days ago from a mom named Sylvia. And Sylvia, I loved it so much. I know this isn't Mailbox Monday, but I'm going to read this anyway. She said, hi, Heidi. I tell everyone about your podcast, but I'm dropping you a quick note today because today is the first day I have opened the Bible study after signing up last month with MomStrong International. And I just want to tell you, wow, it is breathtaking. 
The graphics and colors are incredible. I can't get over how beautiful it is. I can hear your sweet voice throughout the study and I'm seriously blown away. I wish I had done this so much sooner. Thank you for your kind heart toward us mamas and pointing us to the word of God, to the truth. We need it so much. Be encouraged today. Sylvia, that did encourage me. And in fact, I forwarded that to the writing team. There are a whole bunch of us that are working to get that study out to you guys every month. And uh, my daughter, Savannah, does the Kid Strong. Uh, she has, she's got two little guys of her own, and she's expecting our third grandbaby in the spring. Woo, woo. Pretty excited about that. And uh, my friend Jen does the majority of the writing for the Bible studies for me right now as I'm in the middle of another book project. Sierra is in charge of the graphics. We've got a team of editors. Of course, my staff is always helping us go through that. We choose the topics very carefully, pray over them, and then ask the Lord to help us as we get them out to you. So I hope you guys are encouraged and are really going to be active in the Word of God. That's why we're doing it, because God says that we are who He says we are. And so today I'm going to focus just a little bit on, there's a couple of aspects that I want to look at, actually. I want to talk a little bit about hospitality, because it doesn't get talked about very much. And an ambassador uh, who takes his job seriously is going to do everything in his power to uplift and support the home nation and the ruler, right? And as believers, we represent the Lord Jesus. And so the question is, do we represent him in a way that not only advances his principles and ideals, but also represents his tremendous heart for people? Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 20 to 21, therefore, we are Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You see, the Bible teaches us that God has extended safety and belonging to us, and he calls us to do the same to others. According to a recent Barna survey, 28% of evangelicals say that they believe that they are gifted by God to teach while only 3% say they have the gift of hospitality. I think that's super interesting. It would work well for the enemy to trick people into believing that the practice of hospitality requires a large budget, large amounts of time, a large home. These are lies, you guys. And I got to tell you, some of our favorite memories as families, uh, when Jay and I were very young and he was starting out in the pastorate, were of having visitors over from our church for lunch and not having a lot of furniture and a little tiny home and me making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and just sitting on the floor and getting to know people, right? You don't have to have a large budget or a large house. That's really good news, right? Because even though not many people feel gifted with hospitality, we are called, I'm gonna say it again, we are called to practice it. So being hospitable is important to God and he speaks about it in the word as clear as the instruction is to love other people. So I wanna encourage you, don't mistake a love of entertaining for genuine hospitality, because they're not the same thing. And I think this is kind of, it kind of trips us up a little bit. My friend, Jen Schmidt, wrote a book on hospitality last year. I had her on the show. Her book was called Just Open the Door. I'll link back to it. So if you need ideas for entertaining and having people over, she's got some wonderful ones, but I don't want you to mistake. There's a difference between hospitality and entertaining. So entertaining is delightful. It's creating just the right menu and having a perfect, you know, a perfect uh, decoration, you know, uh, to celebrate something special. And it's wonderful. It's a great pleasure. But biblical hospitality is a much earthier affair. It is the day in, day out warmth of having an open heart and open hands and an open house 
to see the needs of others and doing what you can to meet them. Biblical hospitality is also not at the expense of caring for our immediate families. I'm going to say that again, because some of y'all need to hear that. Mom, close your Pinterest and listen. Biblical hospitality should not happen at the expense of caring for your family. So God's not calling us to regularly uh, hang our kids or our men out to dry so that we can make meals for other people who are hurting and host three events a week for different church ministry, right? The best hospitality practices take into account an overstimulated introverted child or a teen with two tests in school the next day. Your event may still need to happen, but you got to learn to create space without emotional guilting for the introvert to grab some alone time, right? You guys, my friend Jamie Martin was on the show talking about the introverted mom and introverted kids. And we're studying this a little bit and digging deeper. You see, Jesus doesn't make us subjects of his kingdom like a far-off peasant. He is our, our father, our Abba father, right? The Bible teaches us that he has adopted us into his family, and family comes with responsibilities. You guys, we are bloodline related to each other. We are not just subjects, but sons and daughters. And all family members have roles and tasks that signify belonging, and those change all the time, right? So asking for wisdom and exercising biblical discernment is not only for doctrine, you guys, it's for the daily reality of how can we love our family well. So when you invite a new couple at church uh, to go grab coffee with you, or you meet your family for a bike ride, you're saying, you have value to me. You have value to God, and therefore, I value you. When you allow friends over to play, those kids are going to notice that you know their names and you notice a new haircut. Keep your door open to the loud rough and tumble golf ball through the window years, right? I've had lots of that happen. We had a guy that lived behind us who kept um, accidentally shooting his BB gun into my, uh, into my uh, sliding glass door. Yeah, that actually wasn't that fun. I'm going to try to forget about it. <laughs> but guess what? We got to know our neighbors. It gave us a chance to talk to them. Last week when uh, my family was doing a bunch of work for the Homeschool Resource Center trying to get it up and ready for this week, um, I watched my two grandsons and my two nephews and then my eight-year-old daughter. And they all, like, we, we had a slip and slide going outside, a lot of stuff going on. It was hot. And they finally got cold enough playing in the ice cold water that was coming out of my, uh, out of my hose that all these kids wanted to get in the hot tub. And I got to tell you, I didn't want them in the hot tub. I was like, for the love, they're going to take their, you know, their dirty feet and they're going to act like dolphins and whales and uh, belugas in the hot tub. And I could just feel this little voice in the back of my head like, nope, it's actually not your hot tub. Belongs to me. Create a memory. So we did. And yes, they did pretend to be beluga whales. And I actually believe that they were uh, Navy ships this time also. Was it messy? Yes. Was it loud? Yes. Did my hot tub get dirty? Yes. But you know what? Those kids are going to make a memory, and I hope they're going to know that I love them in the process, right? So we need to ask ourselves the question, what makes our home show we love Jesus? What makes us the fragrance of Christ as Christ's true ambassadors, right? It's genuine, authentic faith that we live out. That means we've got an open home, and that's going to require bracing ourselves sometimes, right? It's sanctifying. Can we just be honest? Let's just moment of silence. Because not all of us really like to have company all the time. Some of us are just tired right? But you know, we discover when we open our home and we begin to just have people into our lives, God uses us. He uses us. Jesus uses open homes just like he uses open hearts. And Jesus girls and Jesus guys who love him and are willing to be less than Pinteresty, right? And just live life with those around her are an incredibly important part 
of being ambassadors for the Lord Jesus. So I'm going to read Romans 12 to you guys, because part of being a dedicated Christian and offering your body as a living sacrifice is showing hospitality to strangers. So we got to figure out what that looks like. So let's look at uh, Romans 12, specifically in verses 9 to 15. So if you got a Bible, I'm in Romans chapter 12, looking at verses 9 to 15. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Boy, this is some really good off the bench stuff. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, patient with toddlers, patient with teenagers, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. So we're getting lots of instruction, right, in this short little passage in Romans, right? He's teaching us to do a bunch of things as members of the church, as members of the body of Christ. He's saying, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another. Don't be lacking in zeal, but keep up your spiritual fervor and serve the Lord. He says, be joyful in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. You notice he never says, if your house is clean, share with the Lord's people who are in need. He never says, if your laundry's done, if your counter's not messy, if your living room's cleaned up, practice hospitality. No. He says, look for a need and then open your door. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. I love this in verse 16. He goes on to say, live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. I think sometimes our desire to be seen as very good at entertaining and all that, it really comes from a kind of a place of pride. And the apostle Paul is saying, come away from that. Practice hospitality. It's so important, you guys, as people who who um, are a set-apart people, we should be known for our love of other people, right? We want to speak the truth, but we should also be known for our love, known for our love. The Bible teaches us that we are stewards of the gospel. We have been given an incredible responsibility. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, Jesus said to them, he came to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. See, the Lord's saying we have a responsibility to make disciples, to teach them what we learn. We can't do that if we're not getting in people's lives and loving people the way that God says to love them. This is part of being an ambassador for the Lord Jesus, all right, is to open up your home to be hospitable. We're spending the whole month talking about being an ambassador for the Lord Jesus and what that looks like. You guys, there's a ton more information. You're going to love Kids Strong this month, teaching your kids to kind of go out of their, out, kind of out of their comfort zone too. And they do that by seeing you do that, right? So we're going to, we're going to flesh out the practical outworkings of hospitality. What does it look like to have a teen girl from church over to play with your little ones while you fold the laundry? It's going to give you some some downtime maybe and some brain space, right? But the heavenly investment is that you're going to get to hear her dreams or her troubles, and you're going to get to speak grace into her life 
and hopefully you'll become a safe place for her. There's a lot of ways that we can practice hospitality and uh, be the set-apart people that God wants us to be, and we can raise young ambassadors also, right? So uh, this is what we're going to study in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. So get out your Bibles and come along with me. You can check it out at momstronginternational.com. Download this study, Ambassador, and subscribe to get a new study every single month. Before I go today, I just want to encourage those of you who are remembering, as I am today, uh, the events that took place on September 11th, 2001. I remember where I was. I was sitting on my bed in our bedroom nursing our infant son, and I was watching television. And I don't know if I turned away or what happened, but the next time I looked up at the television, I saw a plane flying into one of the one of the uh, the World Trade Centers. I'm pretty sure it was the first one, uh, American Airlines Flight 11. And I thought it was an ad for a movie. I I literally thought, oh wow, this is weird. There's a you know there must be a new, a new movie coming out. And when I realized, oh my goodness, this is like our nation's under attack. I remember calling my husband at work and just saying, please come home. Uh, this is this is serious. It's bad. And of course it was bad. And we learned as the day unfolded just exactly how bad it would get. And uh, for those of you who have not been, I know a lot of us have young kids who don't remember it. We always talk to our children about that time in history and about uh, why, why our country, you know, the TSA and all things sort of happened as a result of that. But then we also pray for those who lost family members and loved ones in the attacks on 9-11. There's a lot of really great um, information out there because as I recall, uh, in New York City that particular day, it was a beautiful day, right? September 11th, hello, it's it's late summer and uh, there were, uh, we were just going about our business like everybody else uh, when that coordinated suicide attack against the World Trade Center in New York City and the Pentagon uh, in Washington, D.C. happened. Uh, everyone on board those planes and nearly 3,000 people on the ground were killed. A fourth plane crashed into a field near Shanksville, Pennsylvania, killing everyone on board after passengers and crew attempted to wrest control from the hijackers. And uh, I think it's important for us always to pause and remember the freedom that we have in this country, the importance of uh, protecting our nation, the importance of praying for those people that would intend to do us harm. I think sometimes we can, you know, we get in, in far enough away from it and we think, oh, uh, that will never happen again. But the truth is we need to be praying for our nation. So I found a quote and I'm going to end today's podcast uh, reading it to you. I thought it was a beautiful way just to say we remember, we will never forget. For the husband who told his wife, I love you one last time before his plane went down. For the wife who stopped in the stairs to call her husband to say, I will love you forever. For the mothers and fathers who kissed their kids goodbye that morning and then died. For the policemen who rushed in with the firemen to help others only to die themselves. Today, tomorrow, and a hundred years from now, you will remember 9-11. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll see you back here. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.